Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. It's a very special Monday edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Why Monday? Well, tomorrow and Wednesday. It'll be the 7th annual ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM in Las Vegas with a star-studded list of speakers that we will break down on today's podcast. Who will we break it down with? Well, none other than Christian Lavers, the president and CEO of the ECNL, Carrie Bowley, the technical advisor for the ECNL, and in fact, one of the key speakers, and Jay Howell, the executive director of the Richmond Strikers and Richmond United. Christian Labors, Carrie Bowley, and Jay Howell break down the ECNL coaching symposium that starts tomorrow. Coming up next, right here on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and it starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, coming at you on a Monday instead of a Wednesday because on Tuesday and Wednesday, it'll be the seventh annual ECNL Coaching Symposium powered by U.S. Club Soccer. Again, taking place January 16 and 17 at the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. This industry-leading educational event will feature experts from around the world on a variety of subject matters with presentations covering technical and tactical concepts, leadership and personal development, club and organizational development, and so much more. Attendees will have the opportunity to collaborate with fellow leaders and coaches, share ideas and best practices, and will return to their clubs with ideas to innovate and push the game forward, get a sense of the size, scope, and excitement of the event from last year by going to the ECNL website, and don't miss the opportunity to find out more about what is going on. This will be my second year at the ECNL. This is my third year? I believe it's your it's third my, year. It'll be my third, third year, year at the ECNL. You have a lot of fun, Dean. It goes fast. Yeah, coaching symposium and AGM. You just heard the great wit of Christian Lavers, <laughs> who is the president and CEO of the ECNL. We're also joined by a great friend of the program, a great friend of mine, Jay Howell, who's the executive director of the Richmond Strikers and Richmond United, and one of the key speakers on a panel of amazing speakers, Carrie Bowley, who is the ECNL technical advisor. So let me start with Jay. Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, as we get ready for tomorrow on Wednesday. Thank you. It's always great to see you anytime. 
Love it. Carrie, always great to see you, and I know you're looking forward to speaking this week in Las Vegas. Great to have you on. Thank you. Always good to be here. All right, and Christian Labor is the president and CEO. Christian, we'll start with you. The numbers are off the charts for what we're going to see tomorrow and Wednesday as part of the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. Break it down for me. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And first, I appreciate being here with you. As, as always, Dan, I enjoy it. And these fine fellows, world experts and good friends. So we're really looking forward to the event. We're going to be close to 700 attendees, which really is a, a massive step forward. When we started this symposium, I don't know, the first year was probably 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. You know, we probably had 60, 70 people. So to be at 10X and where we are and the quality of the, the people presenting and then just everything going on, it's going to be a really exciting, fun couple of days for people who are in youth soccer. And that's kind of what's unique about our event is that it's really targeted to the youth community. And youth soccer is where players at every level start. So whether they end up being pros, internationals, college kids, high school kids, or just playing for fun, they all start in youth soccer. So we think it's really important that youth soccer have a lot of resources dedicated to making it better and trying to continue to grow the game. I don't want to get too emotional on you, but I definitely feel like I've lived a blessed and charmed life, including the kind of timing where I'm now part of the ECNL family. Thanks to you, you've made me feel a part of it. You brought the national selection games to life by having commentating on them. You brought this podcast to life and the growth is there. And now in my world as a broadcaster, I'm then interfacing with these people and in so many ways the last three years have been incredible for me in what I do because of the ECNL. That won't be one of the topics, but I think that part of it shows you the power of what you guys are doing. You know, when you date back to your vision and where it is now, I'm just one tiny little molecule of that. Uh, maybe not even that. Maybe you'll shrink me down even less than that. But it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, uh, I mean what's you're, going you're on? a gigantic molecule, Dane, <laughs> so I'll give you that. But if we, I mean, you go back and Jay can talk about this as well. But when we started this in 2009, we did, we did not have this broad of a vision or this big of a vision. That was sparked by some adversity in the marketplace and some changes in the marketplace. You know, I look back, it's a blessing that we went through that at the time. It was very difficult, very unpleasant in a lot of ways, but the, it was a blessing that it happened in hindsight because it really made us refocus on what do we believe in and why are we doing this? And if we look at where we've come from 2017, 2018 to now, we got an unbelievable team. It's a growing team of people with a, a lot of different skill and a lot of different experience. And what we're trying to do is take youth soccer and really professionalize what goes on around it, whether it's operations, whether it's services, whether it's opportunity. And part of what you're doing is just doing that. Because if you look and say, these are the best players in the country, why don't they deserve the opportunity to have some commentating? Why don't they deserve to have highlights of, of what they're doing and sharing that to their community and to their friends? I look at where we are now, I still think we're at the tip of the iceberg and what we can do. But being able to bring in things from all different areas, whether it's different types of skills, whether it's different types of opportunities, whether it's different types of programming, and put it all together in one and put the, this ECNL brand on it, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's been incredible. I'm going to give a quick shout out to one, Christian and Doug Bracken, but also the work of the staff as they prepare for the AGM and all the meetings and all the presentations. I also want to clearly give a shout out to Jason and Ralph, our commissioners with the ECNL. They've done an unbelievable job and they're, they're, it's 24-7 for them all the time. But from where we came, no, with starting with 
60 plus clubs. It was all about just having great competition, having a great environment for the players to develop. It started very simply, and now we've grown into where it's something really special. And I think that uh, I'm looking forward to, to this week, but also looking forward to see where this is gonna continue to take the game as we move forward. Kerry, your resume is off the charts ridiculous, but I do want to get your thoughts on what you witness when you're at the AGM and coaching supposing for the ECNL, including like the breakout groups where for me, like when I was a student, breakout groups, I would just hide in the corner and wait till it was over. But I feel like when they're breaking out, they're really trying to get things done. Yeah, I think this event, but not just this event, everything that we do, everything I've experienced, what we get is a ton of enthusiasm and a real drive to be better every time and that is it's a privilege to be a part of right you, you step into an environment all you want is people that really want to buy in and want to learn and that's, that's what we get that's what drives me to brings me back and makes me want to do more and more and more because when you work with good people you want to do even better for them and you want to provide something that is both unique in some ways a real challenge in other ways but meet them where they are to make sure that we're actually catering for what what people need and what experiences they're having. So I think, yeah, for me, it, the environment's unique for sure. Um, and, I, and I'd say that not only for a, a youth sport and a youth soccer environment, but for a soccer environment in general. I think it's unique because of the people that we get together, the reason why they're there, and their willingness to just be receptive, take on board, share information, share ideas, and, and just ensure that whatever we do in the end, it's about experiences, as Christian's already kind of alluded to experiences for players and making those experiences the best they can be and making them world-class and I believe that's where we are but now we have to stay there and keep keep improving and enhancing that why is it like everything he says just sounds smarter than the rest of us well, he's, he's, he's got an accent so that always helps is that the deal yeah I mean okay. that's a, to be fair Dean that's a big part of it is it okay all right awesome this is a very special Monday release of the Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, as we're talking about Tuesday and Wednesday's ECNL AGM and coaching symposium, their seventh annual 750 coaches are going to be out there. We're going to get into all of the speakers. I'm going to wait for segment two. I do want to toot the horn a little bit, though, because, like I said, I've been calling those national selection games, but the Women's College Cup, I guess the number is 75%. To me, it feels like 95%, but 75% of the players, including 14 on Florida State, came from the ECNL. And now I get to see it when I go to these national selection games. I see kids that are they're ready to play college like right now, and some of them are sophomores and freshmen that are playing in those games. Let's pump the chest. I mean, how cool is that, that that pathway that you guys talk about all the time, we get to witness it as they're holding up a national championship trophy at the highest level. We're very proud of what the players that come out of the league have gone on to do, and it is it is pretty incredible. I don't know that there's a precedent in another sport where you have so many that kind of come out of the same same type of program. But I want to also be clear because it's one of the one of the core values we have is that leagues don't develop players, clubs develop players, mm. and so what we do is we provide an opportunity, we provide a platform, and then we're trying to provide more and more services to the clubs so that they can do what they do better. But at the end of the day, these players, they put in the work. Their coaches and their teammates are, are who push them to be better. And so I, I give all that shout out back to our clubs. And one of the biggest things that we try and do in the AGM is align vision and value between what the league 
is doing and why we believe we exist and what we're trying to accomplish and what our clubs are doing. Because if those are aligned, if the vision of the league and the vision of the clubs and the values between those two are aligned, we can do anything we want to do. And I say that with you know, great excitement and ambition for the future. That's the power of, of the league, is the collaboration between all these different people who sit in different seats and have different perspectives of, of the world, different clubs with different beliefs. If we can align, then we have an immense opportunity to change. And when we look at the performances and the accomplishments of the players and the teams, that's clubs that do a great job, that are put on a platform where they can be seen and they can test each other, and where we continue to try and add other things to make the experience better. Totally. So, I mean, I, I agree he took away my thunder that I was going to say in the last 10 seconds there. But basically, I think that the ECNL provides an unbelievable showcasing environment, which allows these college coaches that watch in the hundreds to come and watch these players play in a very competitive environment, top-class environment as well. The, the, the conditions, everything that supports the, the showcase is incredible. It allows our players to be in an environment where they're going to be challenged appropriately, compete at a high level, and then be seen and then positioned themselves into playing in these next levels, which is in the women's game and the men's game with the boys ECNL, we're seeing more and more of our players populating these teams and being very successful. So it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to see some players that we saw with clubs when they were 12, 13, 14, now they're playing within Florida State. They're playing with the national team systems. It's really cool. It's well, really cool to see. And, and I would say on the men's side this year in the, in the national championship game, there were a significant number of ECNL boys in that game. And, and year over year, that number is jumping dramatically. And I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. Who was the national champion? Clemson. Yeah, Clemson won it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, I think there, was, there, were, there were over a dozen players from the ECNL in that game. We're going to see more and more of that on the on the men's side as well, because one of the things that's come out on the boys' side over the last couple of years is as as it's grown and as more coaches have come to see it, it's kind of been a wow. There's a lot of good players in this country, yep. and there's a lot of good players that people didn't really know about until they came and saw it. And so the word of mouth spreading about the quality in the league, combined with the the efforts of everybody to keep growing and making it better, is really paying dividends. I believe it was Clemson, Notre Dame, Clemson, and the Notre final, Dame, and then yeah, Stanford. Yeah was there as well, where I'm sure they probably have some players from the ECNL, I would yep. guess, uh, you know, really bright yep. ones. And, you know, Kerry, before we take the first break, obviously over in the States we do things a little differently with, you know, college soccer, but you're aware of the numbers, and that's got to be something that uh, you're impressed by, I would think. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, I'd like to yeah. hear from you. Yeah, I think in, in terms of depth of um, talent, you don't get the depth of talent in other countries that you have in the U.S., the key, th key thing for me is that it's unique and it needs to remain unique. Sometimes there's a bit of an obsession to look at Europe and what happens for talent development in Europe and then want to almost copy what, what happens there. But actually the value is in the context of the US and keeping it what it is because one, you can already see they're doing a really good job and, and players are getting through and playing at a really high level. But two, you have to appreciate what it is and, and the, the many challenges around what the U.S. also is as a country in terms of size and scale as well. Um, and build something and continue to evolve something that works here and not be obsessed by what others do. Because what people do in Europe works for Europe. But what, what we need to continue to do here is what works here, not what's going to work in England or in Spain or, or anywhere else because we're not in England and Spain. So I think that that's a key thing that just a reminder for everybody that it's always about context-specific work. Um, and the league has done that really, really well to a point where we are now. And the next stage of evolution is even more important. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, that's really well said. And I, I distinguish between benchmarking and looking at what works really well in other places and imitating. And there's way too much imitation that goes on in this sport in this country. And, and it's the style of the style of the last two years and it changes for two years later, or it's this country's way in philosophy or it's that country's way. We should learn from everybody, but ultimately it has to be applied within our unique context. So I, I think that's one of the challenges we'll have uh, as we start looking now more and more on the education and technical side, is how do we do that? How do we identify what really works well that we can bring here and execute, and what we look at and say, hey, that that's not going to work here, or we we can make that work with some key changes. Um, and I think that's sort of complexity is been missing when people just say, oh, well, who won the World Cup? Let's do it them. Who won who won the Champions League? Let's do it like they do it. It's just silliness when people do that. This is a very special Monday, January 15th edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, as we are talking all things ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM, powered by U.S. Club Soccer. We come back, we'll spend more time with Christian Labors, the president and CEO of the ECNL, Jay Howe, the executive director of the Richmond Strikers and Richmond United, and Kerry Boley, the ECNL technical advisor who has a resume that will blow your mind. He He's one of the featured speakers. We're going to cover a lot of the featured speakers when we return as we take a break on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to this very special Monday release of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, as the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM, powered by U.S. Club Soccer, will take place Tuesday and Wednesday, January 16 and 17, at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Joined by Jay Howell, the executive director of the Richmond Strikers, Richmond United, Carrie Boley, who is the technical advisor, and Christian Labors, the president and CEO. Man, when you release Christian Labors, the speakers that are coming this time around, like I thought last year was pretty cool, and maybe the year before, but is this like the best lineup you've ever had as far as speakers no, with no offense to the other ones that that spoke but this is pretty cool as we get into it's it galacticals i mean when we do this every time you get good people it makes it easier to get more good people because it builds credibility and uh what we've tried to do is identify people that we think would be really interesting to hear from and a wide variety of perspectives whether it's soccer or science or culture or leadership or just football experience and then sort of throw all those ideas into a pot and let them bang around against each other. 
And so if we, when we bring them in and then they have a good experience, which I think they do, it makes it easy to get the next group. I mean, we've had some unbelievable people in the past. You can go through some of the names of people. We've had people from Hawk. some of the biggest clubs in the world. We had Ryan Hawk last year, did a phenomenal job. We had guys from Echelon Front, Cody Gandy, great job. We've had great people from Europe who have come over. We've had authors of, of great books that have come and talked and shared uh, information. Then you look this year, we're probably the most eclectic group this year. I mean, to go from a you know, NFL quarterback to a guy like Charlie Stilitano, who's, who's probably got more stories to tell than there are days in the year, to, again, another of the, the biggest clubs in Europe sharing, sharing their thoughts. Uh, obviously, Kerry's been a staple. It's a really interesting combination of people this year, so we're excited about it. All right, well, let's go ahead and talk about it because right up there on the top of the list, Drew Brees, who not only is one of the best football players ever, but I think all of us kind of identify with Drew Brees as like a, a man of the people kind of, you know what I mean? Like he always seemed approachable. I picture Drew on the football field with his little kids. I think that made him very endearing. 2009 Super Bowl MVP winning quarterback, played at Purdue in the Big Ten, which I've got mad respect for. How in the world did you get Drew Brees, Christian? Break that one down. By being really persistent, Drew believes in the power of youth sports. Drew wants to give back to youth sports. I mean, he's got a foundation, Brees Dream, that has given, I think, more than $50 million back to programs related to kids, cancer, opportunity. He's a guy that puts his money and his time where his mouth is. And so I talked to him about our organization and what we try and do and some of the people we've had. And Drew's also getting more and more involved in various youth sports programs. So we've got some common connections there. And it was something that he was super, super excited to, to do, to come and talk about his experiences, what he thinks are good things for, for youth coaches to bear in mind based on you know, his own personal experience. And I'm sure he's going to have some pretty awesome stories as well from some of the, the accomplishments he's had. Jay, your family's a huge sports family, volleyball and soccer and everything else. You're excited about Drew Brees, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're in the U.S., as Kerry talked about, we're in the United States. Most of us watch the NFL. It's incredible to have a superstar that's going to come and speak at a soccer AGM about his experience as an athlete, as a person, as a parent, as a part of the community. It's like it's unbelievable that he's going to be there, but that shows you the the strength of the ideas that we have within our organization that we want to bring an eclectic group in that's going to challenge everybody to think about things in different ways. And as you know, in these long days where you have several speakers, I think it's going to be really interesting to hear the different stories and the different discussion points. It's going to keep people on their toes through the day, which is tough to do when you're in Las Vegas for three or four days. <laughs> so it's, I think said, but yeah, having Drew there, is, it's unbelievable that he's going to be there presenting with us and, and spend time with us as a group. It's, it's really, really unique and really cool. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And, Kerry, the NFL has invested some time going over to England and Germany and other places as well. So I think you know it's football, right? Like, are you yeah. pumped to hear what Drew Brees has to say? Yeah, for sure. I think Drew and everyone else is it's one of the big things, again, that you come into that environment to share something. And I'm honored that I've managed to stay on the stage when the rest of the kind of experts around me continue to change so yeah, we're gonna talk, I bet up we're my gonna game. talk about that there was, <laughs> yeah. short, there was a short list <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah it's a privilege to be in in that environment anyway and then the other thing obviously you want to learn when you're there and when you look at the lineup it's hard to think about sitting in that room and not being able to learn so I think that's that's an important thing for me and his experience will be 
will be unbelievable. His story and, and all the things that he's now involved in as well. There's, there's so many things in there, I think. What's interesting about your comment is on the press release from the great marketing department of the ECNL, the second person listed is a gentleman named Kerry Bowley, who is the technical advisor and a consultant for Double Pass, one of the world's leading football consultancy organizations. Most recently, Kerry worked as a first-team assistant for Rangers FC in the Scottish Premier League and UEFA Champions League. The man you're sitting next to is second on the billing right there, Christian Labors. He brings so much to the coaching symposium, I think. Well, to be fair, it's alphabetical. <laughs> if, it, if it was by height, he'd be first, you know, but we could put him in a variety of different spots, exactly. you know. But uh, no, Kerry. <laughs> Depending on the characteristic that <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, using yeah, to yeah, define yeah. the list. <laughs> you know? So, no, Kerry's been, has presented at, uh, I think this will be the third uh, symposium he's presented at. He's done a lot of other work with us. We find these people through a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's been a random reach out on Twitter. Sometimes it's through a, low, uh, a common connection, which is uh, how Carrie and I met. Some of them turned into good friends, and uh, I think I, I would call Carrie my, my, my best Welsh friend. <laughs> and, uh, I'll take that. You know, you take that. <laughs> um, and then sometimes it's people that come in, and you know, we, we're, we're professionally friendly after that. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm really honored to call Carrie a friend, but to have Carrie invest so much time in our league and going around and traveling. I think he was in three different cities uh, with us over the past 12 months doing courses. And then to have the opportunity to have the big impact, you know, in front of all 700 people or whatever we're going to have at the same time, it's going to be great. Tease us real quick, Kerry. Like, uh, as you think about what you're going to be doing with your presentation, what's, uh, what's maybe the key takeaway that you want to leave with uh, the 700-plus people that will be there? I think we're in a good place. We're in a good place in terms of understanding teaching and coaching. What we're now going to do is start to pivot a little bit and challenge even more and provoke some more thought. Um, and actually get down into what good learning looks like and how do we understand how to manage, adapt, change the way that we deliver in order to ensure that actually we're developing players because it's easier said than done. It's easier to claim that we've developed this player, that player, that player, that player, but actually what is it that we leave with them? And, and one of the big things for me is I'm really passionate about all the players in the league, our future members of society first. Let's remember that first. And obviously my, my PhD was around life skill development. So I'm hugely passionate about developing people. We have to remember that. And what is it that the power of soccer can bring to develop um, the ability to learn? And how do we teach players to learn first? Forget soccer, forget anything else. How do we teach them to learn? Because that's something that they're always going to need, no matter how old they are, no matter what career they go on into. Some in the pro game, some will go on to be other things and other professions. But... We're losing a little bit of that, how do we learn in education? Everything's kind of spoon-fed, everything's at the tips of our fingers now through Google and, and whatever access to information is so easy. But actually, how do we get back to what's the true essence of how people learn and how people continue to grow and evolve? And that's something that hopefully will provoke some thought around. Up next is Martin Diggle. Martin has been the head coach development at Liverpool FC since 2019, is a UEFA A and Advanced Youth Award coach and tutor, and holds a master's in coaching and coach development. Martin Diggle will also be there. Christian and Jay, uh, talk about uh, what he's going to bring. Terry knows Martin, so it's a small world. I think we're like two degrees of Kevin Bacon from everybody in, in soccer at some point. Martin came to us through 
a new partnership that uh, we're going to announce actually on uh, Tuesday at the AGM because the league is league is going to announce a, a big commitment to ongoing coach education. And so he came to us through uh, our partner with that, which I'll just sort of leave that as a hanging thread. He's going to talk to us about the philosophy at Liverpool and their academy, what they believe in, why they believe in it, and how they do it. And it's just going to give a different perspective. And I, th I think when we look at things like last year we had Luke Hobbs from Arsenal this year, Martin from Liverpool, you know, to some point it's a variation on a theme, I think, as, as Kerry's talked about in the past. And some people may say, well, okay, if, if you can do that with the unlimited resources or the you know, abundant resources, at least at those clubs, how does that apply to what we do here in America in a, in a youth club or an amateur club? And I think the answer there is sort of the Venn diagram of if there's utopia in this circle and there's the existing environment we live in, how do we make those circles start to overlap more and more? It might even be just a little bit of a movement here or there and one or two ideas that help you do things a little bit better. And that ultimately sums up what we hope to do is just nudge people, nudge the league. And when I say that, I include myself in that because I sit in all these and learn. But to do things 1% better every day, 1% better every week. And it's amazing how fast that can compound. Martin and I worked at the FA at the same time. So uh, a few years ago now, but I'm obviously familiar with him and the way that he worked, his role there, and, and indeed still at Liverpool, was around coach development and trying to inspire, um, not only inspire players, but inspire the coaches who inevitably are the ones that develop the environment for the players. So I think you know, when you look at Liverpool, one of the biggest clubs in the world for sure there'll always be things to learn whether it's arsenal whether it's liverpool any other club there'll always be stuff to learn from them in terms of what does what does the top end look like and where that becomes really important for us is that we will have players in the league that will go and play at that level in terms of what that first team level looks like in the future so again when we go back to the benchmarking bit but understanding not copying it's good to understand what what are the demands that they're placing on players in europe now um, and what do we have to be aware of in terms of the demands that we create and the challenges we create through the league and through the coaches and players? Because that's competition in, in, in the end in terms of they're trying to get players through the system. We're trying to develop players through a system. And at some point they play in the, in the pro league, some of them. Well, that, that, that's, what, that's what we're going to have to look to. So, and he, he's been very good. He's been obviously instrumental in, in terms of what Liverpool are doing now through their practices to, to get players through and, and develop players not only, and he will he will echo the thoughts around developing people and players together, which I think is really, really important because it's too easy to get focused on young professionals at nine-year-old. They're not young professionals, they're kids. Um, and let's remember that and let's start with that and then inspire them to love the game. And that will be something that I'm sure will come across very strongly in the stuff that he delivers, as well as the level of detail that comes with working in an academy such as Liverpool. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, as we are talking about all things ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. It's a Monday release because Tuesday and Wednesday we will be hearing from these incredible speakers. We still have a few more to go over. We'll take one more break, come back and talk about Paul McVeigh, Sean Nahas, Charlie Stilitano, Sherry Summers, and Drew Watson. They will also be at the ECNL Coaches Symposium. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Welcome back to this very special Monday release of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Dean Linky, delighted to be with Christian Labors, the president and CEO of the ECNL, Jay Howell, who is the executive director for Richmond Strikers and Richmond United, and Kerry Bowley, who is the technical advisor for the ECNL and one of the featured speakers as we're going to cover the rest of them. Paul McVeigh is a performance psychologist and previously played professional soccer for nearly 20 years in the English Premier League. His resume is off the charts. He's played with some big timers, incredible names here, Christian Labors. That, that's also a big time sign up for speaking, Paul McVeigh. Yeah, well, go, again, going back to two degrees separation, I think Paul was a teammate at Daryl Russell's. And Daryl does a lot of work for us on the boys' side and is a personality that a lot of the boys in the league have, have interacted with. And so Daryl opened that door. Anybody who can play at that level has got, you know, a fantastic background. And then he's gone into uh, psychology. And I think he'll provide a, a, a very interesting look at leadership and some of the psychological attributes of successful leadership. And really excited about that. He's, he's a new presenter this year. All right. Then also we have Sean Nahas, and I'm excited about this. So as you guys know, I've been the long time. You're excited voice. a lot. That's what I like I about know, you. Yeah. You're a positive am, guy. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, but I, you know, I was the voice of the original Carolina Courage when they won in the WSA, and then the current Courage. And let me just tell you, I interviewed Sean Nahas yesterday. As I'll tell everybody, we're here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, getting this show booked. And Sean Neha sat down with me, and I asked him about, Sean, like, you're, you're coming out, like, you're being seen. You're going to be at the ECNL Coaches Symposium. And he was reflective. Like, he said, you know, he looked in the mirror, and it's time to give back. And that was his commentary. And I think that means people are going to get a lot out of him this week as part of the ECNL Coaches Symposium. You know Sean Nahas. I think he, he worked for you, right? It was great to hear him say that. Sean, Sean's, it's been great. The success he's had has been unbelievable. Sean and I had the opportunity to work together for seven or eight years at Castle, now NCFC. We coached together a couple of years as well as we worked together as he was one of the directors there. He was talented absolutely talented from the very beginning um, his attention to detail his passion for the game he really wants his players to develop as individuals within the team concept so there's always this I always knew he was going to do well he comes from a great family of soccer players his brother Damon Nahas is now at Carolina and is coached in the area for a long time so obviously he came from a great environment as a player as a coach and now to succeed the incredible success he's had for the last five years now coaching at the highest levels He's truly someone that started in the very beginning, worked as an assistant, 
worked his way up to coaching what we would call an elite team, coaching at the next level in the National Leagues, and then going through his licenses, making connections. He's, he's a lifelong learner. Um, he, he's all about taking in information. Um, he's, it's, it's just wonderful to see how successful he's been. I, I saw him last night as well, chatted with him a little bit. He looks great, he looks fit, been yeah. working out. So I think that he's like a new Sean Nahas. It's amazing what uh, a little success will do for you. But uh, he seems very happy, and I, like I said, I think that we're going to see a lot more out of him out of, over the next decade. I think he's still got a lot to do, and I think that he's that kind of a person. He's going to keep challenging himself and challenging the environment he's in. He's soccer all day, all the time, All Christian. the time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sean lives, breathes. Thanks, soccer. I mean, back at the beginning of our league, I mean, Sean was an ECNL coach. Then he did some work uh, for us in the selection program. And so his perspective on coaching, you know, top youth kids to coaching now some of the top pros in the world and some of the commonalities uh, and differences. And I think there's probably more commonalities than differences when it comes to the to the game piece. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting. And it's also, you know, another topic that we'll touch on maybe at another symposium, but the coaching career path, it's, a, it's good to see a guy that could go from youth soccer to the top of soccer based on his own, his own work. Yep. It's interesting because he's, like, right now, right here with me, and yet you guys are taking me back. I don't know if you know this, but I was the original director of communications for MLS, and Charlie Stilitano was the original GM for the Metro Stars when this thing broke out. So you're bringing Charlie back, who I worked with way back in the early 90s, even on the World Cup. Charlie Stilitano, the chairman for Serie A USA, working to strengthen the league's expansion in the U.S. through new commercial opportunities like regional dates with clubs and leagues, friendlies, and fan events. Charlie Stilitano is going to be there. What's he going to bring to the table? Well, I'm going to punt this one over to Jay, because those of you know Jay, Jay has a very interesting life story. We do, that's a different podcast you should probably do. And somewhere along that story, Jay interacted with Charlie and a bunch of other Italians. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll skip the detail. I, I don't think Jersey was involved. Uh, but Jay, Jay can talk to you about Charlie. I, I got linked up with Chaz, Charlie Stilitano, in 2005, 2006. Immediately, we got along. He's, he's wonderful to be around. What a personality, as we say. Um, talk about an American success story within the game. Um, he has done it all, basically. He, you know, from playing in college where he was Bob Bradley's roommate to working with the Metro Stars to helping with the hosting of the World Cup in 94 to being a player agent to being a close friend to Sir Alex Ferguson and to Jose Mourinho and Ancelotti to working with the Serie A to having his own show on Sirius. I can go on and on and on about the things he's done. He's, he's involved a little bit of everything. He has a, you know, he has this wonderful, engaging personality when you're around him, and the stories are phenomenal. And so, obviously, he's going to be, you know, I think he's the last. We're the last bit of the AGM, the last um, one to go on before happy hour, so to speak. He's a tough one to follow. He's a tough one to follow. I, I think that I'm, you know, I have a, a piece of paper of all the different questions. I think I'm going to ask a question and just let him go, and I'll just sit there and nod my head, and he can go through the different stories, but. No, I'm excited about seeing him again because he's always wonderful to be around. But, uh, yeah, he's, it's been incredible what he's been through in the last now 30 years of the game. We're not done. Two more speakers to cover as part of tomorrow and Wednesday's ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. Sherry Summers. Sherry is the Chief Soccer Growth Officer for the U.S. Soccer Federation. Yeah, Sherry's uh, relatively new in that position, but she was a coach. She was a, a big-time player at Stanford. Um, and we're excited to have her 
come in and to talk a little bit about where the Federation is going, what they're thinking about doing. I'm happy to say we have a lot of positive discussions going on with the, uh, with the Federation. It's great to have them present. So she's going to give us a perspective on Federation vision forward and then also uh, talk to us where we get to give some thoughts from our leadership team to them about what we think the youth space is going and where the youth space needs some changes. So that'll be a great relationship building, not just for the league, but also for the people in the room because part of Sherry's role is to connect with the membership across at U.S. Soccer. Look forward to hearing from Sherry Summers. And then our last one, Dr. Drew Watson. And I have to tell you that you're right. I, I do get excited I've, and I'm loving my work with ECNL. And part of it is I also feel like I've formed a relationship with two key people, Carrie Boley and Dr. Drew Watson, even outside of you two big timers here, Carrie. So I'll let you talk about Dr. Drew Watson because I, I have both you guys propped up, maybe even in front of Christian and Jay. Don't tell them. But I mean, I, I really like both of those. Ouch. I like wow. you and Dr. Wow. Drew Watson. Uh, it'll be great to have him there as well. Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing you always get with Drew is you, you always learn constantly in a state of learning. And you know, I can speak to him about a similar topic four or five times. I learn something new every single time I speak to him about that, that topic. And you know, I, I look back at last year's one and he, what he does incredibly well is he takes science and makes it understandable, Amen. which we all know that science isn't always easy to understand. And he makes it so relatable to the people in the room. Um, who, you know, youth soccer coaches and, and bring some incredible information in a way that's manageable, usable, which is what we need. That's what we want as coaches, right? We need things available that, one, we can understand what, what it is that he's trying to tell us, but two, we need to be able to use it. And that's something that he's got an incredible strength around being able to do. And, you know, I've had the privilege now of meeting him at symposiums also when, when uh, we've done some recording um, in the UK and Drew is over so again opportunity to learn there and I, I just I love listening to him one but continuing to have conversations with him informally because I always feel as if I'm in a place where I realize that I know very little when I speak to someone like Drew that knows so much and so much detail around some really important things um, that from a medical and a sports science perspective especially that's really important to us. Yeah, we're going to have to edit some of this because Drew's going to be insufferable if he hears, hears all those com compliments from Kerry. <laughs> uh, but, no, Drew, I mean, Drew, Drew's background is really interesting because he was a soccer coach, wanted to go after a soccer coaching career full-time. Med school was like plan B, which, you know, you, you know you're a different person when med school is plan B. Mm. Um, but he, he does, he does a, a wonderful job and talking about things, everything from mental health to injuries and wellness and He's going to announce some new projects that uh, we're going to be doing with him as uh, he's our medical advisor. And the intent of that position is to grow a bigger and bigger, I hesitate to say department, but an initiative that's designed to look at all the things that we can do better in youth soccer, whether that's from a research perspective to a changing practices for health, whether that's player or even coach. And so he's going to uh, make some announcements of some research projects we're going to collaborate on with him that we hope will help change positively the game for not just everybody in our league, but uh, everybody in youth soccer. So I'm sitting at my desk looking at emails being traded among the ECNL staff, and they were talking about each one of the presenters. And I started reading down about what they have done and everything else. And someone came to my office, and I looked up, and we chatted, and I looked back down, and I thought I started where I was reading. And I, I read, played quarterback at Purdue, and I was like, 
holy crap, I didn't know Dr. Drew played quarterback <laughs> at Purdue. I literally, like, it literally hit me in a moment where I had to like sit there, and then I went, wait a second. I looked back, oh, wrong Drew. <laughs> I, re- I really thought it for like 15 seconds. I was like, I didn't know that about him. That's it's unbelievable. It was yeah. pretty impressive. I thought he was a soccer guy. But anyway, so anyway, you never know. There you go. You never know with Dr. Drew. You never know. Amen. Well, you nailed it. We've got two Drews, Drew Brees, Dr. Drew Watson, Sherry Summers, Charlie Stilitano, who is a big personality, Sean Nahas, love his growth, Paul McVeigh, Martin Diggle, Kerry Boley, who's here, and Drew Brees, who I already mentioned. Last word time, you're most excited about Tuesday and Wednesday as part of the ECNL Coaching Symposium. Why, Jay Howell? Just seeing the different personalities and learning from all. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be very collective, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how much information is going to be shared over those two days and having really, really high-end, top-level people among the crowd as well as presenting. I think it's going to be great. Why, Kerry Bowley? Simple. Being with good people. I like that. Christian Labors. I really feel the power of aligning with our membership and the importance of us outlining what our vision is and, and sharing that with them, getting their feedback, and hopefully continuing to consolidate how we all look at the sport and moving in the same direction. So I think that's a big, big piece of this as well. I hope all of the ECNL members, whether you're a player, a coach, administrator, whatever, use this podcast as a great way to get amped up for what's going to happen the next two days as part of the seventh annual ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. Christian Labors, thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, Dean. Kerry Boley, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Dean. Jay Howell, thanks for being with us. Dean, can't wait to be back. This is Dean Linky, proud to host Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We'll see you in Las Vegas tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.